Okay, well, well, my background originally from uh, New Jersey. Okay. I grew up in a, a two-parent household. My mother was a hustler. She'd come back from work, okay. and she'd always have another job. So she had the Mary Kay going on. So, and my father, and my stepfather, he also believed in multiple streams of income because he had two jobs. Okay. So growing up, um, the message was you can't do just one thing, you know. And I think that that message is is, is being put out there even more because of LeBron James. You know, mm -hmm. he kind of changed the narrative. You know, he's a triple double guy, right. and also you see him do movies and film, and you know what I'm saying. So yeah. my mindset growing up was um, you have to do more than one thing. Mm -hmm. um, went to the all state basketball player. Went to the University of Buffalo mm -hmm. um, be because at the time the coaches worked over 200 million on Wall Street. Okay. So even as a um, teenager, you know, I had an entrepreneurial vibe. I'd be selling, you know, T-shirts, whatever. And I knew that, you know, him being worth that much amount of money on Wall Street, I can get a job after. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't end up staying there, transferred to, for the University of North Florida, just because there's 62 inches of snow. Mm -hmm. Told my mom, I can't do this. Yeah. But I walked into the office and I said, I need that job from Wall Street. Yeah. So when I got the opportunity to come home from Florida every year, I had a job working in the World Financial Center. And got to understand how that works, how money works on that level, you know, be able to sit with millionaires and stuff like that. So that was an invaluable education as I was doing my college thing. Mm. Uh, went to North Florida, two and a half years, broke the scoring record, yeah. awesome time, five minutes from the beach. Um, called up by the Orlando Magic okay. um, after I finished my playing career. I just couldn't go anymore. My ankles were, were just done. I mean, mm -hmm. we just didn't have the technology that we have now as far as... You know, I had flat feet and I'm twisting my ankles left and right yeah. in the rehab. I really needed that. But um, I ended up going into coaching, Okay. you know, and that was my first foray. Um, my coach said, uh, he said, Karan, you know, he came, brought me to the office. And this was after the Orlando Magic workout. Mm. I talked to one of my guys. It's actually from the DMV area okay. about going straight overseas. But I, at the time, I didn't finish my degree. Okay. So he said, don't worry about overseas. He was like, you know. And the money's good, but, you know, you need to really finish your degree okay. and figure things out. Okay. Jumped into coaching and um, just went on from there. Became a high school coach, okay. uh, also a trainer. You know, the lessons from my mom, never do one thing. Yeah. Um, I was at Nice High School two years later. I'm the head coach there. Mm -hmm. You know, still have my training program. I ended up writing a book, uh, Everyone Hates a Ball Hawk, but they all love a score. Yeah. Um, after that, I went to DVDs because someone said you should put all this stuff on film. So that's why when, when I was training you, everything yeah. was on film. Uh, and it's just crazy. Like, even right now, I have so much content. Right. Yeah, I, 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 can literally, I can literally not train for 30 years and put out video every day. It'd be good, yeah. Like, I literally have, like, you know, so this all of, all of this in the cloud. Right. You know, but um, after that, um, I forayed into to physical products, obviously, with the book. And I invented the, the ball hog gloves, mm -hmm. which was something that we used to do. It was an old trade secret back in the day. You could go to five-star camp, and you come home, and they say, put on the garden and gloves, and, you know, that's going to help you handle. So I actually came up with a product for basketball players. Okay. And um, that did very well, and I went on to invent the D-Cone as well, 3-in-1 Defender, okay. and um, ballhoggloves.com. I mean, I have a, my own um, e-commerce sporting goods store and just continue to build and, and teach others and, and just continue to sell into the lives these kids i think right now i'm in the millions of dollars of scholarships as far as just helping people achieve okay. their dreams okay. and i'm um, also having different conversations about about their future and, and what they're doing so i'm glad to be on your platform do it all yourself talk about that and just like you know us especially as african-americans oh, you know, <laughs> the importance of yeah. working together and, and partnering like even like i'll say you know video production team like Dawn behind the camera, like yeah. you know, if if I never 
um, you never gave me an opportunity. You know, I wouldn't even have this this platform. Yeah, so it's right. like, um, just talk about the importance of that. Well, I, I think that um people have to realize that um, you know, everyone can be in their own lane and everyone can shine together. Like you, you don't want to be the richest person. You don't want to be the only person with money in your circle. You know, what I'm saying people are just gonna grab. People just gonna take from you. I mean, you want everyone to be rich in your circle. You want everyone to be able to share knowledge and wisdom and stuff like that. And I think as black people, if we cannot see each other as threats, you know. So for me, like, I don't compete with any trainer. I mean, partly because I sell products to trainers. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, so I'm not in before the products. I'm still not competing with you. I can't compete off who's gonna get more scholarships. Like, that's good. True. You know what I'm saying? True. You know what I'm saying? And it's not about me. I already have my fame. I already have my stardom. I already have my record books. I mean, that's that was my time. Now it's, it's time for these kids. So I think that, um, you know, your generation, you know, especially in hip hop, they're doing a better job of collaborating. Mm-hmm. When I was coming up, it was fighting. It was, it was getting the lot. Yeah. And I think that when you when you come together and people stay in their own lane, and, and you just see the the power of that collaboration. Yeah. You know, and, and I think even Nipsey Hussle, man, with him passing away, like I was on, you know, one of my friends I grew up with is, is one of his managers. So mm-hmm. I kind of knew him in, from afar, just mm-hmm. kind of watching him. And when he he died, like all the things he stood for just started coming out, and you yeah. started to see all the people he's talking to, yeah. seeing him talking with Ti, you know what I'm saying? Like you know, how did you get this deal done? Yeah. Seeing him picking Diddy's brain, like yeah. like that's the collaborative spirit that I think we as African Americans have to have. And if once we get that, sky's the limit because we actually control everything. We control culture. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We we it's ours, you know. Yeah. You know, drop a new dance and everybody's doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that you know, just to complete the circle, I mean, we got co- collaboration. Um, we already have the culture, we have the power. It's just financial literacy and business literacy. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to understand the contracts you're signing. You have to understand distribution. You have to understand how things work. Mm-hmm. And when you put that together, man, it's just you got it. Right. You know. Right. You good. <laughs> As a trainer, I think. I think one of the hardest things you probably could tell me uh, more is like trying to find gym space or, oh. you know, what what are the difficult things about being a trainer? That's just one thing. I, I No, no, that's that's the absolute deal breaker right there. Because yeah. if you don't have a gym or gym access, I mean, some areas of the country, like even when I was in Florida, it's a little bit harder. Mm. Like here, they're more, a lot more basketball friendly because I would say that this is probably the Mecca right now. Mm. It's so PT County and, and and having the thousands of players going to play college. So people are used to a culture of just talented players. Right. So, you know, you can get, you know, gym space, you know, if you know the right people. But, um, yeah, I would say that that, that is the hardest factor is actually getting gym space. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I started off as a coach as well, as you know. Yeah. So that allowed me to already have the gym space because yeah. I'm giving my time and I'm actually coaching kids. Like, right. I'm not just a trainer. I'm a real coach as well, right. you know. So um, that made it a little easier. And there's some guys going on to actually get their own gym, you know, which is admirable as well. It's just that, you know, you got to make sure you get that overhead, you know what I'm saying, that monthly payment's coming. You know, you got to figure that out as well. So I think there's always pluses and minuses. Uh, for me, I just look at attentions. I have two boys, so maybe if I'm out of town and they have to train somewhere, um, the things that I'm going to be looking at for in that trainer go beyond basketball. You know what I'm saying? What type of person are you like? Because if I'm entrusting my kid to you, mm-hmm. they're looking at you as a role model. Right. I'm saying, what standard are you setting for them? That's so, so important. Yeah. You know? So that that's kind of how I see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think that um the, the underlying principle is that 
you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, do you need college? Do you need school? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and you have to understand that you have to be a student of life. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, you have to be a student. Okay. You know, so even the guy that says you don't need it, mm -hmm. but he self-educated himself. He was a student. All right. So mm -hmm. it's very important that um, student athletes understand that mm -hmm. this process is not for you to just be in class and get a free education. Right. And uh, you got to go in there. You got to actually learn stuff. You have to learn how to research because I'm, I'm up all night doing this stuff. Yeah. You know, talking to people in different countries and trying to figure out language barriers. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. If you're not a student, it's not going to work for you. Mm. You know, so that student athlete was, was very, very important. And I don't think people realize that. Right. You know? So um, I'm, my next question for you is, um, you know, as an entrepreneur, um, what do you think or, or when was the most, I think, say, like difficult time? Or difficult experience as you know you continue to grow your business or just as an entrepreneur um i, I think i point to a couple of things i think that um whenever you're an entrepreneur you have to have multiple streams of income mm -hmm. so i've always been an investor mm -hmm. and um i say by the age of 23 or so i started investing in something called um serious satellite radio which you know is yeah. xm series yeah yeah so back in the day it was at like 70 cents or whatever so this is like my first foray into investing right. and um and I actually bought that stock all the way. It went from 70-something cents, a dollar, okay. to $8. So I bought it. So you, you're talking about the age of 26, right. you know, looking at your bank account and see over 40 grand. It's like, what wow. is going on right now? Wow. You know, so that's my first foray. But I went and I invested in real estate, which I should have, but it was the wrong time. Okay. So in 06, I had all the money. I invested in real estate wow. and, the, and, the, and the market crashed. You know, yeah. so so that's always a, a difficult part because, um, you know, as an entrepreneur, like you can't um, ever just depend on one source of income. Right. So when all that kind of went away, it was like a shock to the system, you know. Mm -hmm. But what I learned and what God was teaching me during that process is that you have to fail forward. And the information that I learned during that process mm -hmm. is what I have today. And there's always opportunities to make more money. Um, so I would say that, that that was probably, as an entrepreneur in the totality, that was probably the, the toughest blow I had to go through. Okay. But um, it was also the, the best lesson I could ever have. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. So, you you know, you say God first, hashtag God first. Like, talk about, like, your, your faith and, like, everything that, you know, you've done and how important that is to you. Oh, it's everything. I'm saved at the age of 12 years old. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, it's a journey. I'm not perfect at all. But um, without without God and just professing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I don't think I'd be where I am today, mm -hmm. because I, I have faith. Like I literally, my mother taught me I can do all things through Christ, and I believed it. Mm -hmm. You know, and it wasn't until I got older that I realized that a lot of people, you know, don't believe it. Mm -hmm. You know, and yeah. that's what allows me to do all this stuff because um, you, know, you see me playing the court, I'm shoot the ball. Right. It's going up, right. you know. In life, I'm the exact same way. If I line it up, you know, I'm open or if I even a hand in the face, it's going up, right. you know. But it takes a faith and unwavering faith to actually do that. But God has showed up so many times in my life mm. that my experiences, I'm just rock solid. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I can hear His voice. Mm. I know when to go left. I know when to go right. You know, as long as I stay on the right path, you know, and that's what I'm teaching my sons. You know, I have a family now, a wife and, and two kids. So yeah. just trying to bring them up the same way where yeah. they literally don't see bounds. They don't see limits. And they understand mm -hmm. that and that God is always on their side. Yeah, that's, that's deep. So, like, you have an experience where, you know, you were, I guess you were about to, say, make a business decision or you were feeling your gut mm -hmm. like I should do this. Was there like a situation you could explain where you, you, you felt like, you know, this was right? Like, 
like kind of like what Brandon said, like you're in that alignment, you know, like you're mm-hmm. you're on the right path, and or like you know you hear God speaking to you through someone or you know, oh, through yeah. a situation, you know, you have a situation you can like uh, best you know explain or describe. Yeah, I mean, I think that happens like literally all the time. I think the first experience I had, I remember uh, being a sophomore in high school, no, freshman year in high school, okay. and that summer I literally, you know, God would give me give me these visions you know i was on a certain court okay. which is in elizabeth the dunn center it's the biggest um high school in new jersey okay. and um and i would be making this shot over and over again so every night god would give me this vision mm. and literally the next year i was playing varsity mm. and i was you know just come off the bench or whatever yeah. coach said okay you know i went to him like i want to play jv yeah. can i play both wow. you know so i went down to play jv and what i didn't rest that's what i'm here for you know i could totally resonate with that um my junior year, I came to one of your workouts. I remember, um, and um, I went back to Mason, and I felt like my game just went to a whole nother level. And I'm not, I'm not even just saying I'm being real. Like, it was just like your workouts. You're kind of like working out through fatigue a little bit. Yeah. And you're pushing through, and you're still making shots, and you're still doing step back. So it's like when you when you go back to your school, you go back to your team, you're ahead of everybody. Um, that's just like what I experienced with your workout and it's just like it takes you to the next level for sure yeah I appreciate that and, and that's why I don't work just with any and everybody like there's always a process um, usually it's a referral because I like to know about the kid and the family mm-hmm. because I feel like that when I'm aligned with the family mm-hmm. no matter how hard I make you work you'll come back mm-hmm. if that's not aligned mm-hmm. and, I, and you work hard that one time you're like shoot man I, don't, I can't do that no more like you know what I'm saying and then you'll just leave you know what I'm saying? But right. if, if everyone's on the same plane, like it's me and your mom and me and your dad, and we're all together, I'm like, we're going we're gonna to get it in. You're going to get one water break probably, mm-hmm. and you're going to have to push through. Mm-hmm. And the social proof is in the pudding because you probably saw me work somebody else out. Right. So you know, okay, they did it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to do it too. Right. You know, like everyone has to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, not, and not to say that I don't work with kids that don't have strong work ethics because every now and then I do get with a parent and say, look, he's not there yet. Mm-hmm. But can you just work with them? Mm. And some of them gradually, gradually, they'll get there. Right. Yeah. Right. Just uh, going back to, like, McNamara, you okay. know, just seeing you, you know, work with the players, even me working out with you a couple of times. Like, I mean, I've seen you take players that pretty much nobody really knows about, you know, and you you make them known because of your platform. And, like, you, you have the whole branding, like, you got the videos up, the cameras up, and you created branding packages. And mm-hmm. a lot of people weren't doing that back then. Mm-hmm. And just seeing how things are now, everybody's doing what you were doing before. Yeah. Um, so just talk about, like, what was your, your, your strategy or your mindset um, when you first started? So so I think uh, when I think about that question, um, I was just fortunate. You know, I'm about to be 40, so I was born in 1980, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to figure um, YouTube started in 2005. All right, that's when no one knew about it. Mm. So in 2006, a couple of people were on there. Um, if you research anything on YouTube, it'd just be like old clips of Martin or whatever, you yeah, know. Right. So I was one of the first um, trainers on social media. Okay. You know, so that gave me advantage because I developed a platform. Even though the people that are 10 years younger than me, 15 years younger than me, a lot of them end up watching my stuff. Yeah. So um, when that first person told me in 2006 to put that stuff on there, I didn't know how powerful that would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just continued to, to build that brand. I know in the 90s, 
you know, when I was coming up, everything was based on having a big company. Mm. Well, things switch with social media. People want to know who you are. They want to support you. Right. So I decided to brand Coach Godwin, which is myself, mm. and just telling a story. I mean, that, that's what people want. Um, yeah. I didn't want my brand dependent on players. Like some mm. people may say, okay, if I get this NBA player, you know what I'm saying, it's a blow on my brand. It's really being authentic, mm. telling stories. Mm. You know, like everyone I train, you see them over and over again yeah. through the years, you know. Yeah. And then uh, you see them sign that as a scholarship papers which is one of the happiest days of my life and and for them too and their family because they put in so much grit but um never been one to chase names Mm. because um i wanted the value of my brand to be dependent on my work okay yeah so because that's going to last right um my next question for you is um you know as an entrepreneur um what do you think or, or when was the most i think say like difficult time or difficult experience as you know you continue to grow your business or just as an entrepreneur um i, I think i point to a couple of things i think that um whenever you're an entrepreneur you have to have multiple streams of income mm-hmm. so i've always been an investor mm-hmm. and um i say by the age of 23 or so i started investing in something called um serious satellite radio which you know is yeah. xm series yeah yeah so back in the day it was at like 70 cents or whatever so this is like my first foray into investing right. and um and I actually bought that stock all the way. It went from 70-something cents, a dollar, okay. to $8. So I bought it. So you, you're talking about the age of 26, right. you know, looking at your bank account and see over 40 grand. It's like, what wow. is going on right now? Wow. You know, so that's my first foray. But I went and I invested in real estate, which I should have, but it was the wrong time. Okay. So in 06, I had all the money. I invested in real estate wow. in, the, in, the, in the market crash. You know, yeah. so so that's always a, a difficult part because, um, you know, as an entrepreneur, like you can't um, ever just depend on one source of income. Right. So when all that kind of went away, it was like a shock to the system, you know. Mm-hmm. But what I learned and what God was teaching me during that process is that you have to fail forward. And the information that I learned during that process mm-hmm. is what I have today. And there's always opportunities to make more money. Um, so I would say that, that that was probably, as an entrepreneur in, in the totality, that was probably the, the toughest blow I had to go through. Okay. But um, it was also the, the best lesson I could ever have. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. So, you you know, you say God first, hashtag God first. Like, talk about, like, your, your faith and, like, everything that, you know, you've done and how important that is to you. Oh, it's everything. I'm saved at the age of 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's, it's a journey. I'm not perfect at all. But um, without without God and just professing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I don't think I'd be where I am today mm. because I, I have faith. Like I literally, my mother taught me I can do all things through Christ and I believed it, mm. you know. And it wasn't until I got older that I realized that a lot of people, you know, don't believe it, mm. you know. And yeah. that's what allows me to do all this stuff because um, you, know, you see me playing the court, I'm going to shoot the ball. Right. It's going up, right. you know. In life, I'm the exact same way. If I line it up, you know, I'm open or if I even a hand in the face, it's going up, right. you know. But it takes a faith, an unwavering faith to actually do that. But God has showed up so many times in my life mm. that my experiences, I'm just rock solid. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I can hear his voice. Mm. I know when to go left. I know when to go right. You know, as long as I stay on the right path, you know, and that's what I'm teaching my sons. You know, I have a family now, a wife and and two kids. So just trying to bring them up the same way where they literally don't see bounds. They don't see limits. They understand Mm -hmm. that that God is always on their side. Yeah, that's that's deep. So, like, you have an experience where, you know, you were, I guess you were about to, say, make a business decision or you were feeling your gut Mm -hmm. like I should do this. 
was there like a situation you could explain where you 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 felt like you know this was right like like kind of like what Brandon said like you're in that alignment you know like you're mm-hmm. you're on the right path and or like you know you hear God speaking to you through someone or you know oh, through yeah. a situation you know you have a situation you can like uh, best you know explain or describe yeah I mean I think that happens like literally all the time I think the first experience I had I remember uh, being a sophomore in high school my freshman year in high school. Okay. And that summer, I literally, you know, God would give me, give me these visions. You know, I was on a certain court, okay. which is in Elizabeth, the Dunn Center. It's the biggest um, high school in New Jersey. Okay. And um, and I would be making this shot over and over again. So every night, God would give me this vision. Mm-hmm. And literally the next year, I was playing varsity. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, just come off the bench or whatever. And yeah. coach said, okay. And then I went to him, like, I want to play JV. Yeah. And can I play both? Wow. You know, so I went down to play JV. And what I didn't really so you you know you say God first hashtag God first like talk about like your your faith and like everything that you know you've done and how important that is to you. Oh, it's everything. I'm saved at the age of twelve years old. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously it's a journey. I'm not perfect at all, mm-hmm. but um, without without God and just professing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I don't think I'd be where I am today, mm-hmm. because I I have faith. Like I literally, my mother taught me I can do all things through Christ, and I believed it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it wasn't until I got older that I realized that. A lot of people, you know, don't believe it, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. that's what allows me to do all this stuff because um, you see me playing the court, I'm shoot the ball. All right. It's going up, right. you know, in life, I'm the exact same way. If I line it up, you know, I'm open or if I even got a hand in the face, it's going up, <laughs> right. you know, but it takes a faith and unwavering faith to absolutely do that. But God has showed up so many times in my life. Mm that my experience is I'm just rock solid. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I can hear his voice. Mm. I know when to go left. I know when to go right. You know, as long as I stay on the right path, you know, and that's what I'm teaching my sons. You know, I have a family now, a wife and, and two kids. So yeah. just trying to bring them up the same way where yeah. they literally don't see bounds. They don't see limits. And they understand mm-hmm. that, and that God is always on their side. Yeah. So when you had that tryout with the Orlando Magic, um, mm. what was, how was that, you know, just getting that opportunity? Oh, man, that was crazy because you're talking about um, 2003 mm-hmm. and um, just to just to get a call because I, I went from Division One of Buffalo down to Division Two, Okay. And then North Florida's going Division One after I left. Right. But at the time, it was Division Two, So for me to take a step back, so to speak, in people's eyes, yeah. but then also get the opportunity to play in front of the NBA and Zex, mm-hmm. you know, and especially yeah. at that time, we didn't have a G League or anything like that. Like, right. this is your only shot, you right. know, yeah. to be seen, you know, so... To, to go into that locker room and one of the guys that um, I grew up um, um, really, you know, as a you know mentor was Grant Hill. Okay. You know, grew up idolizing him. Yeah. And when I walked in, that's the first thing I saw is his jersey hanging uh, up, you know. Yeah. So the, the experience was, was awesome. It was Amari Stoudemire's first workout. Okay. And I know, you know, it was myself, a guy named Ryan Humphrey that went to Notre Dame, um, Tamar Slay that went to, I actually played against him when I was at Buffalo. He went to Marshall. Okay. And then it was Omari Stoudemire, who I never heard of before because right. he went to a couple high schools. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, hey, you got a high school kid coming in? Wow. So, and I never forget it. You know, we out there, we working out, and we do a pick and roll drill. Mm-hmm. And I give him the bounce pass. He catches the ball and does a 360 off the roll. Wow. And I'm like, who is this kid? You know? You know, well, I found out, I think he was rookie of the year that that year or, or yeah. runner up or something like that. But, um, you know, it was just an awesome experience. I think it was the pinnacle. Okay. You know, I figured like, I can't get higher than this. You know, I can go overseas, I can, you know, do something. But, I mean, this is the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I think God was just telling me that, um, 
that if he wanted me to be there, I would be there. Mm-hmm. No matter your circumstances, mm-hmm. you know, God is in control. Yeah. You know, and you're going to be where he wants you to be. Like, if it's for you, it's for you. And um, I took that lesson. And um, a couple of weeks later, there was a lady from my church. I was talking to my guy. Yeah. And um, she just said, you know, can I interrupt the conversation? And I said, sure. And I didn't know she was at my church. I mean, we were just at Applebee's. Right. And she told me, she's like, um, what are you doing now? I told her I was thinking about going overseas and go pro, da, da, da. And I yeah. came back from ABA trial. She's like, no, you start your own business. Right. I'm like, I'm like, wow. You know? Mm-hmm. And then now, like, that's interesting. She doesn't even know me. Yeah. But then she went on to tell my boy all his business that I knew. So that's when I knew she was annoying it. Because he's, he's over here freaking out. Like, do you know her? Did you tell her my business? I'm like, I don't, I don't know who she is. Right. You know, but um, that marked the beginning of me just starting, you know, Jumpstart Hoops and the training business and right. ball. So. You have an experience where, you know, you were, I guess you were about to, say, make a business decision or you were feeling your gut, mm-hmm. like, I should do this. Was there, like, a situation you could explain where you, you, you felt like, you know, this was right, like, like kind of like what Brandon said, like you're in that alignment, you know, like you're mm-hmm. you're on the right path, and or like you, you know you hear God speaking to you through someone or you know, oh, through yeah. a situation. Do you, you know, you have a situation you can like uh, best you know explain or describe. Yeah, I mean, I think that happens like literally all the time. I think the first experience I had, I remember uh, being a sophomore in high school, no, freshman year in high school, okay. and that summer I literally, you know, God would give me give me these visions you know i was on a certain court okay. which is in elizabeth the dunn center is the biggest um high school in new jersey okay. and um and i would be making this shot over and over again so every night god would give me this vision mm. and literally the next year i was playing varsity mm. and i was you know just come off the bench or whatever yeah. coach said okay you know i went to him like i want to play jv yeah. can i play both uh-huh. you know so i went down to play jv and what i didn't realize is that vision that god gave me actually came true Cause I was at the Dunn Center. It right. was the JV uh, uh, championship versus Elizabeth, which is their home court. Right. And I hit that same shot that I saw every night the year before, mm. but it didn't match up because I was playing varsity. So right. you know what I'm saying? When I played JV and it happened and it was all over, I said, okay. From that point on, you know, I've always got visions and signs. So even when I was in Buffalo, when I was in high school, I wanted to go to Florida. Okay. You know, but they didn't recruit all the way up in New Jersey. Okay. So I went to Buffalo. And I just having a tough time. First time I ever, ever in my life where I was going through depression. You know, mm-hmm. didn't you know? You don't see the sun for about six months in Buffalo, right, so it's, yeah. it's just different. There's snow. Yeah. It's every day is the same day, and um, I used to see signs like a Florida sign, mm-hmm. or you see like a Florida license plate, or something like that. And that was God telling me, "I got you." Okay. And literally, I got the phone call. You know, after the season, and I and I um actually got my waiver and got my release. Two coaches called from Florida. You know, that's so crazy. so that's something that has happened. I mean, these are basketball examples, but it happens all the time, you know, even in life and even with that aforementioned um, situation in investing. You know, yeah. when, when, I, when I want to invest in something, I kind of look for the signs that I'm going in the right direction, you know, because right. I don't want to get that shiny car syndrome because every, everything <laughs> sounds good. You know, everything sounds good. Everything's going to work on paper, right. you know, but you want to make sure you're aligned with God and, and that um that this is what he wants you to be. So you... Did you go out to the Virginia area to train? Um, are you still in this in this area? Have you trained outside in Virginia? Well, I've been to Virginia a couple of times. Um, it's funny, like when I first got here, I used to go out to Virginia to set up um, like a vending booth, so to speak. Okay. Um, Simon's my guy. Simon's on the gym. Okay. And I used to be there selling books and stuff like that. All you right. know, so yeah. And yeah, I've been out there, but primarily here. Mm-hmm. 
And um, the Virginia, I do get Virginia players that come over even now. Okay. And usually Alexandria because they're right over the bridge, you know. Right, yeah. Yeah. And I have some, you know, that come over from um, Fairfax area as well. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to ask you, you know, what's the difference from, like, players from here more in the D.C., Maryland area and then, like, Virginia? Or is it just all the same? Is it just, like, you you know, you just they all work hard? Or is it different type of talent, you know? Um, I can't. It's hard to compare that because I consider that all the DMV. Okay, like, so yeah. if you're from Alexandria, you're gonna get the PG County bump. Gotcha. You're yeah. gonna get the DC bump. Right. Um, when you leave this area, because you know I travel, so True. um, I I go. You know, what I'm saying to Atlanta. I have kids in Atlanta. Right. I have kids in um, you know, Florida. Okay. You know, I have kids in New Jersey where I'm from, and I think that just the, the culture of basketball is different everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. You know, like Atlanta, I'm starting to see it go like this now. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, you have tremendous athletes down there. Right. A lot of them used to play football. Now they're starting to play basketball. You know, you get a lot of love playing basketball, mixtapes and all that stuff. So, yeah. you know, just being able to, to go down there and work with some of those guys, like um, Alex O'Connell, you know, hard worker. He, he plays at Duke. You mm-hmm. know, he started when Zion Williamson went down last year. Um, Ashton Hagen's another Atlanta guy. He um, starts for Kentucky. Mm. You know, so I, like like I said, I start to see the, it becomes a mentality thing, yeah. you know, and like some kids, like they just have it. Yeah. You know, they, they just have it. So in the DMV, the, the thing that's cool about DMV is that iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. So you may have some kids that don't have it initially, yeah. but because they're in the environment, yeah. when they get out of that environment, yeah. like, like I, I mean, there's tons of players that you say, oh, he shouldn't go there that a lot. Right. He's up starting or he's up right. playing. I think here you fundamentally understand the game of basketball because you have kids getting trained at five years old here yep, that's on my story <laughs> like professional training at five years old is absolutely utterly ridiculous you yeah. know what I'm saying? but that's the culture that we create so i think here um these the skills are fungible but when you go out other places you have those players that, that just have it like i, I just just trained a, a, another kid named zako on littleton okay. and he's um going into a sophomore he's a sophomore now i haven't played a game yet his offers from Georgia, Georgia Tech, da da da. But when I'm working them out, like you see it in his eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's like, like a child. I see it in his eyes. Like when, when I when I um first trained Ashton Hagen, mm. you know, I literally saw the kid. I trained him. I said, oh, he, he's going to Kentucky. Mm. You know, like when I first trained EJ Montgomery, he's in eighth grade. Yeah. You know, I was like, okay, he's going to Kentucky. Like I kind of knew. I just saw it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's something I I think that it's a mentality here iron sharp as iron you can get it other places you you know what I'm saying they're starting to build up and catch up as well so college gotcha. I would have them at George Mason just yeah. practicing with the ball hogs so you know talk about how did you you know come up with that idea okay so as far as just becoming an inventor I always had things in my head you know I have a business side I also have a creative side mm-hmm. so my creative side said you know you gotta invent something. And um, I thought it was going to be something fancy, some gadget that you put on the court, da, da, da. Right. but, you know, when God revealed it to me, it was just like going back into your past. Mm-hmm. Like, what did you used to do? So one of the things that we used to do back in the day is just put on gloves because it takes away the natural grip of the ball, mm-hmm. like forcing your hands, fingers to work overtime, and then you'd be handling that ball around your neighborhood or, or in, in actually a gym. And um, Jason Williams, I think Billy Donovan used to do that with Jason Williams. Mm-hmm. And I had heard about these things. So... Um, I brought that product to market just because it wasn't out there at the time, right. you know, uh, yeah. in the way that I wanted to do it, you yeah. know. So um, it just kept on going. I think now I'm, I'm up to 14 products. Okay. And as you said, like, um, once you get your foot in your, your door and you learn a process, I mean, it's not mm-hmm. easy, easy by any stretch of the imagination, but 
you just continue to work until it continues to go. Yeah. So it just turned into to what it is now, to where, you know, anything. Like, I, I invented the D-cone just because my yeah. son was playing with a bat mm -hmm. and just hitting the cone, you wow. know? And I'm looking at him, I'm like, hold on, give me this bat, yeah. you know? And then I, I took the cone and I, I cut out the top of the cone and I put the bat in the cone. I'm like, I can yeah. use this for a cone. I can use this for a defense. I can use this for contact. Right. I'm like the D-cone, you know what I'm saying? So that's how that came about. More than just a trainer, you know, you do a lot of other great things. Let's talk about, you know, your talk, no, not your food show. Okay. Um, yeah. So, you know, what's that about? Okay, so, so basically, um, uh, I have a uh, my business partner, um, Stephen Bardo, yeah. a friend of mine. I met him a couple of years ago um, in my 20s. Mm -hmm. uh, we're about 10, 10 to 12 years apart. So this is like an intergenerational relationship, okay. which is sometimes hard, you know, depending on your mentality. Like mm -hmm. some people have a I'm older than you type of stigma, yeah. so I'm not going to listen to you. Right. But in this day and age, like I literally, I may have to do something for Photoshop or something and I'll go on a YouTube video and be an eight-year-old. Yeah. Like I'm learning from an eight-year-old. Right. You know, right. But he has the information. Mm -hmm. He knows how, to, he understands the app, how to do it. So right. with me and Steven, um. He works for Fox Sports. Okay. He does the, the Big Ten Network yep. um, and also um, the Big East games because Fox mm -hmm. owns that. Okay. So he came to me, uh, i say about four or five years ago, mm -hmm. you know, fifth year knowing each other. Like, oh, man, I see what you're doing with your branding and social media. You out here killing it. Da, da, da. Can you do something for me? Yeah. And for me, I'm doing my own thing. Right. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm on my own silo. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm good. Like, yeah. I work well. Yeah. And um, what God was saying, like, if you really want to get to, to where I I want you to be, you have to open yourself up to partnerships. You know what I'm saying? You can't mm. do everything by yourself. Right. Right. So the fourth year, him asking me, like, coach, man, you got to help me out. I'm like, okay, what can I do with Stephen Bardo? Okay. Yeah. Flying the line eye. He played with Kendall Gill and those guys. I think it was a 1989 Flying the line eye. I think Dick Vitale coined that. Okay. So you have a brand that's like the Fab Five, um, Five Slammer Jammer, that I Flying the line eye. He's the point guard. He gets drafted. You um, know, Plays for Atlanta, plays for Detroit, all around. Um, he forays because he has a gift of the gab mm -hmm. into being in front of that camera. And he was like, look, I need to separate myself. So I looked at his background. He lives in Chicago. And what is Chicago known for? It's food, mm -hmm. gangsters, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Southside and sports, right? That's what everybody knows him for. So he had two of those three. Mm -hmm. He had the food and he had the sports. And when I told it to him, he didn't let me know. Yeah. He was like, wait, what's this guy got me doing? But he couldn't say anything because he asked me right. for four years. So we go out there, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm the executive producer. So that means I have to do everything. I have to get the videographers. I have to vet the videographer. I got to interview guys. I got to get the the pricing down, yeah. how much we're going to pay him. Like, I actually do the whole thing to where yeah. all he has to do is walk in. Right. So he walks in. Um, we knock out the first one. Knock out the second one. We put out the first episode, which was uh, on Big Jones, which is a great restaurant there, Southern style food, um, one of the best fried chicken in Chicago. Okay. And it goes 150,000 views. Damn. So my vision was was validated because I had to come up with the whole concept and stuff. And he saw what we were doing together. Mm -hmm. We just partnered up, and um, the first season was um, 20, 20 episodes, and we did close to half a million views. Wow. And now we're on season two. And uh, now we're traveling the world. You know what I'm saying? We're doing um, um, resorts. Yeah. And, and and for me, it, it just goes back to it. Like, um, you know, people don't understand that. Like, basketball is one of the largest networks, period. Right. I mean, you talk about fraternities. You talk, bas the basketball network is huge. I'm going to tell you why. When you're growing up, you can literally play on 
four basketball teams in a year. Mm-hmm. Rec team. Yeah. Uh, AAU teams. Right. Uh, so it's every team that you're on is at least 12 to 15 people. Every person you meet mm-hmm. times that by four. Because you meet the mom, the dad, right. the grandma, yeah. little brother, little sister. Sure. So you're talking about by the time you, you get to high school, you have a network of thousands of people. Thousands. And they all know you. Sure. If you're good at the sport, it takes it to a whole nother dimension. Yeah. So with Bartle and I, we, we're both former basketball players. Um, we understand the value of, of networking, the value of intergenerational networking, and that whoever has the information, let's go with it. Right. I had the plan um, here. He does his thing because he's an on-air talent. Yeah. And um, it just worked, man. And it's just been a pleasure because that opened me up a lot yeah. to partnerships, understanding that you can't do it all yourself.